You are listening to the Robin of Sherwood podcast, season three, episode 11, Rutherkin. Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to the Robin of Sherwood podcast. Here we discuss each episode of the wonderful TV series Robin of Sherwood. And uh, today I'm going to do that with Steph Woodhouse. So Steph, uh, thank you for joining me. Hello, thanks for having me back. Um, it's a great episode to have a conversation about, so thank you for asking again. Yeah, well, it's really, really good to have you back on. Um, is there anything you'd like to share with me or our listeners or shall we just get started with discussing Let We can get straight on with it. I just think it's um, incredible that there's only a couple of episodes left and I do think it's really a, a, it's a really good strong episode in lots of different ways to have a chat with so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about yeah. it. So am I, so uh, let's go. The first thing we see in the a, in a, in a opening scene is an old woman carrying around a small pig um, into her hut and she tells him that he's been naughty for running away and then some men on horses show up and usually that's not a good sign and um, the woman hides and the men search the place and they find a broom and a cauldron and they decide to take uh, one of the pigs uh, uh, with them and um, the leader of the men says uh, to this guy he calls master cloud um, that the pig must be her familiar uh, she can't be a witch without a familiar he says familiar is that is that a common word in english it's not very familiar, though. Oh, terrible, terrible pun. I, Sorry. Yeah, I, try, I tried to, to, to avoid that one. I, I just stumbled straight into it. Couldn't <laughs> help my dad. Uh, it, is, it is a word definitely connected with witchcraft. So a witch is familiar, is their animal. From what I know, I'm not, not an expert on witchcraft, funnily enough. It's the kind of the animal spirit that the witch can transfer their spirit into, oh. I think. So they can become, say, an owl or rats or a cat or in this case, a pig. So it's not something I know lots about, so I'm sure listeners probably can elaborate a bit more than I can, because from what I understand, witchcraft is a, is a little bit later into the Middle Ages. Um, it's not this kind of early early Middle Age, med- medieval period. It's a bit later, mm-hmm. so it's not something about, but familiar is kind of the, the term for a witch's common spirit animal, I yeah. think. Yeah, In- interesting. There was a pre-credit scene, and after that, we see uh, the Marys, uh, they're playing some games. Um, the weather is nice. They all seem to be in good spirit. Uh, but then John and his girlfriend Mac show up with a horse and some bags. Well, uh, basically, um, John is there to say goodbye to his friends. I know, it's so sad, isn't it? What a, what a shocker to open on that. And it's a, a real contrast, isn't it, to the cold open with um, the very oily Ian Ogilvy, who was a huge star at the time in the 80s. Um, he was the saint and everybody loved him. So to see him kind of turn up, you know straight away that he's up to no good. Hmm. Um, and yet yet another noble in Robin of Sherwood who we know we're going to really dislike, Yeah. Um, which, which is fine. And then we move into the programme and they're having such a good time together, aren't they? It's the it's why we all, all kind of want to be in the outlaw gang. You all want to be involved in these, these carefree times having fun with your friends and you just can tell how much they mean to each other and that really sets up this kind of conflict with john appearing and saying that he's going and i he just why would he why would he disappear why does meg mean more to him than they do i mean we all you know why but it's just i was just gonna ask can't you think of what just one very simple reason uh why he wanted to uh, would want to do this (laughs) no idea no idea (laughs) What I don't get is why didn't he do so when um, Robin of Luxley died and he had to get away? Why did he bring much to? Because uh, he was he was on? heartbroken then, wasn't he? He wasn't he wasn't ready for a relationship. I think is the modern phrase. He wasn't in the right state of mind, was he, to think about a relationship or emotional things? Because he was just traumatized by what had happened to Luxley. So he he's kind of gone away. He's come back again, rekindled his romance with Meg. And Meg's obviously thought, I've been putting up with this for years. I've come in second place to outlaws and fishing. 
and she's obviously been putting the boot in and saying, you know, don't turn up in Wickham again if you're not going to elope with me and we're not going to go and start a new life together. And he's thought, mm, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to make a commitment. He must have seemed a bit of a commitment phobe. He's such a kind guy, isn't he? He he just wants to keep Meg happy, and if that means losing his friends, he's going to do that, and he has to yeah. do that. But oh, the emotion in this scene! Oh yeah, it's especially hard. when uh, when uh, John and Mudge uh, hug each other, you can oh. you can tell they really have a special connection. I think. Yeah, it's proper tears, isn't it? John's got proper tears when he says it's the bit when he says, "You're part of me." Oh. And after everything they went through in Havis Age and in her and son and all that, oh, it's just, it's beautiful. And that's what this show does so well. Those, even on tiny bits of dialogue and moments on screen, you believe the connection between you and yeah. between them all. And you, you want that and you want to search for that in your own life because they just, they're the best friends ever. And um, It's the kind of scene that you would expect um, at the end of an episode. Yeah. In, in in this case, it's 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 right uh, at the start of it, and mm. it works really really well, I think. Yeah, it really does. It sets up and it says from the start, this is how important these people are to each other. Um, and the bit with um, Will and John is even stronger, I think, because Will cannot even speak to him about it. It's all done through um, how they look at each other, how their body language will's just like can't deal with it at all cannot yeah. deal with this idea that john would leave them because you know he lost elena he's already dealt with and then he lost loxley and this to will will feel like another kind of someone taking his heart out and stamping on it and he can't go there and he's like you've got to don't talk to me about it and that that's heartbreaking to see actually yeah really. it is it's, it's a really really strong opening and it you know it makes you wonder uh, is john really going and and uh, if he's going to come back uh, uh, how will this all uh, play out and yeah. um, maybe you're, um, you're also wondering as a first time uh, viewer um, what does this lady and her pigs have to do with uh, with this i mean it's like classic setup with two mm. storylines that seem to be unrelated and you know they're going to be put together some way or another that's what you're waiting for, isn't it? It's for all that to converge and see how they're going to connect. That's what keeps you watching and keeps you in, intrigued with the story. And that's keeps writing. It's just so powerful. Yeah. And in the, in the next scene, we get a bit more um, information about it because we see uh, uh, the man uh, the man leaving the hut uh, of the woman. They accuse of being a witch. And uh, the ragged lady is really upset when she realizes that um, they uh, took uh, the small pig that she called a rutterkin. And uh, later in the for forest, she runs into John and Mag, who knows uh, the woman and calls her uh, calls her Mab. Mm -hmm. So we got Mag and Mab. Uh, <laughs> and Mab is very upset, and so John and Mag decide to help her, uh, which means they're going straight back to the Marys. John, isn't it? He decides to help Mab because Meg is just not interested. Meg, even with the goodbye scene with the outlaws, she's not very moved. She doesn't really feel, she's just like, let's get on with this and get on the road. Yeah. She doesn't really feel sympathy for John. Um, and she doesn't, when they meet Mab, she doesn't really feel sympathy for Mab either. She's just like, she's the mad woman with the pigs. Nothing to do with us. None of our business. Let's get going. And it, it's John with like, his big heart again feeling sorry for Matt, this poor woman because he's just made to help people and do, do you think it's also an excuse for him uh, to uh, to go back to the marriage possibly yes <laughs> yeah i mean it's he, he can't have his cake and eat it can he that's the 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 dilemma he's got we know john so well and we know how much everyone means him it must have really broken his heart to leave them but yeah it's it's a convenient kind of um, get out clause for him, isn't it? Yeah, maybe it is. And yeah. Meg knows that, and that's why she's rolling her eyes, thinking, oh, typical. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, in uh, Nottingham Castle, uh, we learn that King John is uh, ill and he's uh, throwing a fit, as well, basically, he's all, he always uh, is. He's very on brand. Yeah, yeah very absolutely. Classic King John. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, Gisburn enters and tells him that there are more uh, riots going on. So that's an interesting bit of information, I think. Yeah, it's it's really timely, actually, because um, historically, if we look at this, you could place what goes on in this episode towards the end of King John's reign. And that is when discontent 
was rising, the barons were starting to object to the way he was ruling and law and disorder was starting to break down and he also was ill um, with a stomach complaint towards the end of his life. So, you know, Kip's gone into the history here again. It's actually how he died of some kind of dysentery um, and used those little historical facts and turned it into a, a, you know, kind of embroidered and illustrated the story with it, which I always admire him for, and he does it brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, uh, he informs us that the sheriff is not uh, in this episode because he's, he's not around, um, because he has left on a pilgrimage very conveniently, just when the riots <laughs> are going on. Yeah. Yeah. I love how um, King John refers to Beckett and the cult of Beckett at Canterbury Cathedral who at the time it was recently canonized because he was the king uh, the archbishop who john's father ordered to kind of you know in a rage an angevin rage to be got rid of and it's that famous line well no one rid me of this turbulent priest and four knights took henry the second at his word and went and murdered thomas becket in the in canterbury cathedral and very, very quickly, Canterbury became a cult centre and people went there. So it, when he says it's a very convenient cult, that kind of works on many levels. Um, and just, again, brilliant historical nugget that Kip uses there. Yeah. So later, uh, Edgar, the, the leader of the men we saw earlier, he shows up and he shows John the evidence he has against Mab for her being a witch. Uh, he says he uh, knows that somebody has uh, paid Mab money. Scottish coin to be precise. Um, Edgar says that he had uh, two brothers, the King of Scotland and the Earl of Huntingdon. So that's a familiar character for us because of course that's uh, that's Robert's father. And uh-huh. um, then he says he overheard his brother, the Earl, uh, say to a woman, slowly the King must die. Uh, it takes quite a, quite a while for us to get to this point, doesn't it? Of understanding who Edgar is. Yeah. what he's doing, what it's, it's got to be doing, John. It's quite a long reel, yeah. But it's, 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 once you understand that he's related to Robert's father, you kind of have a big aha moment. So kind of, this is where it's all coming from. And that, that bit about Scottish coin is a really nice touch. Because um, obviously at the time, they were England and Scotland were completely separate countries and there was a different king in Scotland. Um, <laughs> it's a really nice point where he's explaining all this as a kind of reveal to the audience but then King John looks at him and gives him that really long look and says, I know your family, Edgar. <laughs> Which is interesting as well, actually, because historically, David, Earl of Huntingdon, did rebel against King John. He was an, an open rebel. Um, he's quite an old man by then, by the, the Magna Carta civil war that followed. Um, so again, lovely, lovely history. And it embroiders and gives us an image of what the Huntingdon family dynamics are like. Edgar's grim, isn't he? He looks amazing. He looks so smooth and slick and looks like he's really in control of everything. But, but oh, you wouldn't. He's really oily. You know, you wouldn't trust him as far as you could throw him. No. He's really manipulative. And um, he's got King John right in his hands, hasn't he? When, you know, and then he suddenly snaps and says, tell Gisborne to go and get the Earl. And you're like, yeah. You know, he, Edgar knows he's, he's on a winning streak already. And it's an interesting way for us to learn that Mab is just a, a pawn in his evil plan. So it's yeah, really... it's much bigger than you first realise. Yeah, and, and even um, then the uh, Marys realise because, uh, well, they're um, in their camp, they're having a nice meal and uh, Mag and John uh, are with them and they've brought Mab. And Mag says for a second time that nobody really knows much about Mab. But then they decide to help her out. And that's the scene you selected to highlight from this episode. So uh, we're going to have a listen to that. Well, she'd never leave her pigs. They're her family. The villagers keep away from her. Will you blame them? She's all stink. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody knows who she is. Of course, there's lots of stories. <laughs> How can we help her? Who's rocking? <laughs> Probably one of the pigs. Maybe someone stole one. Mm. If they did, they're not from Wickham. Maybe they just got out and ran off. You know where she lives, don't you, Meg? Mm. Well, why don't we all go over tomorrow and round up her pigs? What? No. <laughs> no you must be joking. No. I've got my pride. There's no way I'm rounding up any pigs. Yes, you are. <laughs> no. Pigs are fly.
this is what I wanted to do when I was a kid watching Robin's show. This is what I wanted to be part of more than anything, was that sitting around the fire in the forest, that communal meal, them all being together and having fun. It just looked just like the best experience. And I love the humour as well with some cracking jokes. The whole pigs will fly and Nazir's kind of, you know, not eating the pig again. Um, and just how they interact with with Mav. Much is so kind to her. Marion really wants to help. And then some of the others are a bit dismissive and Robin's yeah, kind and, of and like... And so is John. I mean, you just said that uh, John is such a kind guy that he really wants to help Mav. But, you know, he isn't very uh, looking forward to chasing some pigs. No, I don't think many people would be really. <laughs> Don't you hurt, Ethel. Uh, I got Apparently there are uh, absolutely no shots of, of Will getting one of the pigs because Ray uh, Winston uh, did was, was, was afraid of him or was grossed out, something like that. Oh, I've forgotten about that. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I remember that now. He's got some really funny lines, though, when you're listening to them doing the rounding up. And he says things like, what's he say? Your, your, your one's a bit quiet talk. And then he's just making loads of gags all the time probably because he wasn't out of breath picking up heavy piglets and squealing <laughs> pigs um it's that one at the end where she says don't you hurt ethel and he says hurt her i could throttle her <laughs> brilliant really really funny i really love all that camaraderie yeah yeah it's a great scene and it's also um it works really well i think because it's like a to them it's like a, a, a small favor to do somebody i mean they're mm. not uh, up against the devil this time or anything like yeah. that it's just, you know, helping somebody out. and, and Yeah, because they're nice people, aren't they? And that's why you, you kind of you support them and, you know, you're, you're on their side all the time because they really are genuinely nice people. So uh, when they are done, uh, John and Mac uh, want to leave again. But then uh, uh, Edgar and his two men uh, show up. So there's a confrontation between Robin and his uncle Edgar. So that's why it's important um, that, you know, like you said, uh, you picked up on them being related in the, mm. in the previous scene. And I must say that um, uh, Edgar is a really fast thinker because he immediately tells Robin that he came looking for him. Mm, yeah. Well, he, he must have been surprised to, to come face to face with Robin. But, you know, he makes a quick, quick story to explain it all. Um, and he tells Robin that his father has been accused of treason and that Gisborne is bringing him in. Uh, mm -hmm. So Robin immediately comes up with a plan to rescue his father um, uh, at the bridge of Albury, uh, which also means that again John feels like he can't leave his friend. So mm -hmm. you know it's like one more adventure, and then <laughs> yeah. and I'm done. But of course <laughs> yeah. he isn't. It, it's great, isn't it? This scene. I love Edgar and Robert's reaction because you um, to each other because you can see they obviously had a warm. Um, relationship robert's immediately like oh like favorite uncle time he's really pleased to see him and takes completely gospel what he says about his father's situation and he's well, immediately on board he seems to trust him implicitly really well he, he does say uh, something like uh, he came looking for me or he came hunting me something like that right yeah i think so I he's think, a bit suspicious yeah initially and that's because of the people he's got with him i think but then when he, it, it, it doesn't take much, does it, for him to be, well, it's Uncle Edgar, must, I guess he's surprised initially to see him in that situation. It's like, you know, a member of your family turning up at work or something, you'd be like, what on earth are you doing here? And then when, if they well, told you... you to me? <laughs> you to me in the office? Um, but then if they told you something big was going on, you'd be, you'd trust them, wouldn't you? And I quite like that, seeing that family dynamic because that's a theme that's going on throughout this episode, the kind of importance of family, um, whether that's um, little John with the outlaws and what they all mean to each other as a family, Mab and her pigs, they are her family, and then the Huntingdons, and also even King John with a couple of things he says later. This kind of notion of your family and how you trust them and how important they are to you is kind of a, a little thread underneath everything, I think. And that um, there's a little bit here with Edgar when he says um, he says Guy's gone off to fetch um, the Earl, and Robert says, kind of almost under his breath, Guy, who else? You know, it's such a loaded comment. You know, the brother's storyline's rearing its head again, 
in a very subtle way. But again, that's another family relationship going on there. These secret brothers and the Earl and um, Edgar are brothers as well. So there's there's quite quite a lot going on, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, also uh, Mab uh, looks at Edgar from her hiding place, and she realizes that she has seen him before. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of history and mystery there as well. There, def there definitely is, isn't there? And um, you're kind of getting an idea that he's definitely a bad sort, and there's there's something going on. But when they when they make this plan, don't they? And kind of you know Robert's sort of urgency to kind of help his family and sort things out. It's, it's really, really important. But that, that bit when it goes back to the king and he says something about your zeal does you credit, but I wouldn't want you for a relative. Hmm. It's just uh, it's gold, absolute gold, that bit. And he's got an absolute cheek considering what King John did to his family. You know, he murdered his nephew. He betrayed his brothers on several occasions. And he his turning against his father was what ultimately killed Henry II off. So he's got no family loyalty either and you can almost see yeah. that on his face as he says it. It's kind of, well, hmm, I've got room to talk, but what the hell? <laughs> it's excellent. It's really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. And um, well, of course, uh, it's very uh, convenient for King John uh, that he also gets a chance to get uh, to get Robin Hood. So that's, uh, that's only like a, a bonus for him, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, bonus prize, definitely. Yeah. So uh, in the next scene, we see that Mary's tried to rescue the Earl, uh, but the wagon uh, they attack is full of soldiers, and uh, that takes them by surprise. But I was wondering, um, what, what good would it do anyway to save the Earl? I mean, he's been accused of treason, so if he was rescued, well, we would still have to prove his innocence, right? But maybe they get an opportunity to do that. You could appeal to the courts. You weren't just allowed as a king to kind of finish off an earl. You had kind of had to go through legal processes. So he's accused of treason, but technically wasn't just going to take him out and string him up on the battlements, even though kind of that's how the show rolls. So maybe, you know, maybe Robert thought they'd have a chance. And he's his father. You know, he's got to he's got to save him. He's got to try and, you know, send him away, go overseas to Ireland or to France or yeah. just he's, he can't not do it, can he? Yeah. He can't. You're right. Um, also, uh, I love some of the interactions right before they attack the wagon. Yeah. With, with John and Will and Machi and, Riz and Nazir, they have just some small, small dialogues, just to, you know the way they look at each other, or mm. uh, Nazir telling Much that he's afraid as well. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. It's, it's really, really well done. It's so precious, isn't it? And that bit with Will and John when he says, "Oh, you still hear them?" That. Oh, right in the heart, right in the heart yeah. every time. And it's beautiful because you can see how much Will values John. And he's never going to say, I love you, man. But he is going to say, I'm glad you're still around in a kind of guarded way. And then the bit with Nazia and Much. Oh, I would give, I would pay to have so much more of that in series four. That kind of actually tackling, aren't you scared? This is terrifying. We've been doing it for years and I'm still terrified. And this doesn't come easy to us. It's really difficult being outlaws. It's not, oh, we just, you know, it's not like Richard Green, Robin Hood, and they just go out to battle and it's all thigh slappingly good fun. It's actually terrifying. And that yeah. I would love if we got into series four and had more of that, it would have been gold. And there's so many shows who don't go near that. And they don't really explore it or their throwaway moments and in with tiny bits of dialogue and tiny bits of direction they do such a good job on this yeah absolutely and and, and right after that there's a there's a, a very nice fighting scene uh, on the bridge of course they're outnumbered by the soldiers because even more of them uh, show up later during the fight uh, robin gets knocked uh, into the water mm -hmm. and later uh, marion jumps after him she gets uh, she gets caught anyway. Obviously, and, and one by one they all. <laughs> obviously, yeah. I've got a rant about them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crap plan, though, isn't it? It's really, really crap. And I, I'm usually a bit rubbish on these sorts of things and don't spot it. But even I can tell that when he says to Robin, he'll be the Earl will be in a in a wagon unguarded so as not to draw attention to it. Robin goes, all oh, right, it's going to be really easy then. We'll, we'll just take over the wagon. Oh. And then, surprise, it's full of soldiers. I mean, come on. It's series three, guys. We've been doing this kind of stuff 
for a long time and you seriously all sat around and thought yeah an unguarded wagon taking an earl to trial for treason yeah that that sounds likely i mean obviously obviously it's for storytelling purposes but i was shouting at the the ipad re-watching it he just he just trust the information he got from his uncle I know, just what a gullible fool. And he, you know, he he pays for it later, doesn't he? And he realizes. But that point is a bit kind of like it's a trap. Of course, it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and um, what do you think of those uh, shots um, uh, of them uh, jumping uh, off the bridge? I love them. I absolutely love yeah. them. Apart from, I do kind of every time think they're going to break their legs. They're going to break their ankles because <laughs> the water's only about six inches deep. Yeah. And they all leap off, but he's yeah. not. And, and they all uh, throw away their weapons when yeah. they're jumping. That's a bit strange not, as well. Yeah, it's a bit weird, but um, it's very well filmed, isn't it? And yeah. I think this is um, Jerry Mill is the director of this episode. And I had a look at um, the other episodes he directed in series three, and he did some of my fan, you know, a lot of fans' favourites. So he's the director for Adam Bell. He's the director for Crom Cruach, and if you take out the bits with the demony kind of things at the end ignore that and he also directed power of albion and i think for the three four of those so he, he directs more episodes in series three than robert young does who's kind of like you know no contest the best director from robin sherwood i think apart from series one there's a kind of feel and a tone through those episodes and the emotion of the characters and having time to talk to each other and lingering on that and the atmosphere he builds is um really you can really see his strengths and those shots with the jumping off the bridge and that's oh, brilliant. Uh, you can tell that they put a lot of effort in it because they used uh, a lot of those bridge jumping and falling scenes. I think uh, in slow motion, some of them, maybe yeah. all of them. Yeah, must have taken a long time to do, mustn't it? There must have been a lot of several days of filming to get all that right and such an involvement with the stunt team. And it feels really um, kind of season two-ish, you know, yeah. in the the kind of drama of it and the excitement of it i really really like it yeah i guess that you don't really like uh, the way uh, the fight ends because uh-huh. it ends with a uh, gisburn holding a knife to marion's throat honestly honestly can we just stop i, I went back and wrote a list i'm so cross about this and listeners know i'm really cross about it so in series three alone we have hernson the Power of Albion, The Inheritance, The Betrayal, and now Rotokin, where Marion gets held hostage. And if you go back to the series before, it's The Blessing and Swords of Wayland, although she's kind of, they're all held hostage, so it's not quite. And, and, and Robin Hood and Sor- uh, Sorcerer as well, right? Yeah. So only one in series one, two in series two, and about 27 <laughs> in series three, because somebody ran out of ideas, or every new writer thought, I know what we'll do. So we'll get Marion held hostage. I mean, to be fair, in um, Kron Kruak, she saves the day, doesn't she? And she comes, you know, she's the one who brings back the holy water and all that. But I wish we'd see more of that. I wish we didn't keep seeing Marion reduced to hostage fodder. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it would have been so easy to have just one of the other characters um, being held yeah. hostage. I mean, they, they would have uh, surrendered for a much just as well or tuck or yeah i mean, uh, I mean what maybe about, it, would, know, it would hurt their reputation too much to uh, to have will lose the battle or nazir i i, I get that yeah. but you know well, if, so you could have one of them fall in the water and be injured and then struggling to look after them and have to give up you know yeah. or, or just simply be overpowered i mean why not yeah yeah i hate so i hate that bit on the bridge it's really um it's, it's it looks great marion looks you know Oh, she feels, you can tell she feels so stupid for getting captured again. She looks really guilty about it. And Gisborne looks so gleeful, really like, oh, sickeningly thrilled that he's got hold of her and he knows he's winning. They gather together back to back in the river and the soldiers coming onto it. It's real greatest enemy vibes about it. Really reminded me of those scenes in Wickham where, you know, they um, close in on, on Scarlet and then they close in on John. And you know the the game's up. And I, at the time, I was really worried. It felt really serious. We were getting towards the end of the series, and they've all been captured. And I was genuinely, genuinely worried. It's um, it's quite heartbreaking oh, to see that. Oh, that's like, that's like sweet. <laughs> but you know, there's still hope because um, Nazir and Robin manage uh, to hide in the bushes. So um, 
well, maybe the outlaws didn't come up with the smartest plan. Um, the soldiers are pretty dumb as well. I mean, if they yeah. just searched uh, the place, they would have found Nazir and Robin. But uh, mm-hmm. um, the others are locked in a cage and they're taken to the castle. That cage is awful, isn't it? You feel like if they just leaned on it a bit, <laughs> it would spring open and and saw some of the chains they've got around their, their hands look like they're totally from the local DIY, DIY store. They're really shiny. <laughs> really bad, but who cares really? But the emotion of kind of them being held hostage and Meg watching them go through the village and be taken away oh, is really sad. And all that bit with them, Robert and Nazir under the bridge, Robert's like really desperate and knows he's been taken for a fool. And he sort of says Edgar's name really bitterly, doesn't he? And he realises he's put them all in jeopardy because he didn't think. He's a bit naive. He was naive and he trusted too easily. And it's, yeah. it, you know, his friends are going to be killed because of it. Um, but then he's like, oh, it, we've got to do something. Don't worry, we're going to sort it. Hearn's going to help us and we'll make this right. And like, you feel a bit like he's clutching at straws and will this work? How, how on earth is he going to save everybody in this situation? Well, things are seem to go pretty well for, uh, for Edgar. Because in the very next scene, he also finds Map. But then something interesting happens because we have a we have a flashback and we see a bit of their history. Mm-hmm. Um, go back to a time when Mab lived in a castle and she witnessed a murder uh, ordered by Edgar. So I think it's it's very good to have uh, like a small piece of their background. Mm-hmm. I think that's really well done. Flashbacks are really notoriously quite hard to do, aren't they, on TV? But it works. I think it works really, really well actually, and it's very intriguing and very mysterious and. I kind of can't work out and I don't know whether we're supposed to know or what what it is what's Edgar's agenda against David Earl of Huntingdon why does he want to kind of um, get his get his brother charged with treason what's going I mean I guess it's family jealousy I guess it's him wanting the earldom for himself or maybe I was thinking maybe in the past he was murderous and this treachery was actually to support his brother and kind of you know get rid of other rivals or secure their own position and that's why robert trusts him so much because he says something about his, his, his edgar doesn't he he's always, always been loyal to my father so it's either edgar's had the secret murderous life that nobody's known about or, or he was doing all this kind of underhand behavior for reasons that everybody was on board with back in the day and actually it's come up to you know the current times and he's had enough and he wants his own crack at being in power or authority he's taken advantage of king john's um growing weakness um and wants a shot at the title for himself and he'll and what what the hell let's get rid of my brother so it, it's a shame that wasn't explored a bit more about edgar and um the earl's actual relationship because we don't really know what's going on with yeah, them i'm not sure if i really need that i mean from this scene it becomes clear that edgar is just a very evil and person and Mm. I, I can imagine that, that that's enough information. I mean, um, of course, there are ways that he can benefit from uh, the Earl being uh, killed by the, by the king. I mean, that's that's quite obvious. He mm. could take over the earldom. Uh, yeah, because he's got uh, the no The king would, would, would reward him. I mean, there, there's plenty of ways that he would benefit from it. So to me, just knowing, oh, he's a really, really bad person. Yeah, I, I always want more of the hunting. <laughs> I always want to kind of know everyone's backstories. And I guess, ultimately, once Robert was outlawed, David, the Earl, has no heir. So Edgar's probably his heir. So, um, you know, if he gets rid of David, he takes the earldom. So maybe that's when things changed. When Robert was outlawed, that's when he knew he had a shot at the title, if you like. He could have mentioned that under the bridge. It would have been interesting to see Robert kind of going over it and the pennies dropping and thinking, this is my fault for trusting him. And why is he doing this? He's doing this because of what I did. And that's a really big reason why I have to go and save my father, because actually this all goes back to me and my choices, which were the right choices, but they have a lot of consequences. And yeah. one of those is the risk to his father's life. So maybe. Yeah, could have been interesting. So then we see uh, Mab and Edgar are going to the castle. And I love that scene with uh, Mab and, uh, and King John. You know, where she says, oh, yes, he can be a, a little devil. And he shouted, ah, she confesses, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it's cute, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, I think it's pretty touching to hear Mab speak about Rodakin. I mean, she really seems to 
care for him and almost, almost like a child I think oh yeah they're her family aren't they and the way that she talks about how the other pigs think about Rustikin as well you know it's it's not just her and her pets they're a little family together aren't they living yeah. in their little muddy hovel and they're really happy and she obviously retreated to that kind of comfort after Edgar's torture and murder of whoever it was that her, it was her husband wasn't it who was important to her and she found some solace and now he's taking that away as well oh yeah. it's cruel it's really cruel yeah and also I, th I think um, it's some great acting I mean uh, Mab is of course played by um, uh, Annabelle Lee yeah um, Richard Carpenter's wife so mm -hmm. um, I, I think they uh, jokingly said that they couldn't find another actress who was uh, willing to <laughs> walk around with a pig a couple of the a couple of days but uh, <laughs> I mean she, she, she has uh, the qualities to to uh, bring the character to life absolutely she's a, she's a great, great job yeah, yeah she's really really excellent you really believe in both those kind of as her as muddy old Mab but then as that regal noble lady as well she she plays those two parts even though we only see that fleetingly like you're convinced by both personalities aren't you yeah and and, and also I, I just really love the whole uh, sequence that's going on because then uh, there's this uh, legendary line uh, of the king against uh, uh, Gisburn <laughs> because you're incompetent inept inadequate and incompetent <laughs> yeah, underlines so it <laughs> So you're really sure how terrible Gis and Gisborne's just looking all, oh God, not this again. I've screwed up again. Um, and he just looks so desperate. And I know I always say this, but the hall looks fantastic. All the torches lit, which we know aren't historically accurate, but never mind because it looks amazing. Um, and all the candles. And it just looks it, so realistic. You could imagine being in there. And I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Then we see Edgar uh, later on, uh, he goes to uh, interrogate Mab, who is uh, reunited with Rutikin in her prison mm -hmm. cell. Um, but then he finds out that Mab can read. And at, yeah. first, uh, at that point, he also realizes that Mab is more than just the weird woman with the pigs. I mean, that's... Yeah, makes him question himself a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, she I... refuses to confess to lies. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really clever writing, isn't it? You could have had him recognise her, or but it's it's kind of a really it starts to play with Edgar's mind about who she is, and you know he, he's not as confident as he thought he was. There's there's more going on here, yeah. and I wonder I wonder if that's something to do with the involvement of Hearn, because obviously we realise a bit later that she's got kind of otherworldly abilities because we get to see Hearn don't we just before here just before this scene about before David saying that he's loyal to the crown Hearn's in there and like it's been a while since we saw Hearn yeah. I can't really remember the last time he was because I think the last time Robert has an interaction with him he's a bit dismissive but um because he's desperate for help he goes to Hearn doesn't he off his own back and it's really nicely done actually because he's in his human form we've got yeah. no answers and he says fear nothing and fly unfettered the dialogue's beautiful um and then that lovely scene of the ring and clout and edgar and rutterkin like these are all the yeah. pieces of a yeah. jigsaw that robert's got to work out and you kind of they start to put together in the viewer's head as well of what the setup is and then we yeah, move to Matt. I think he, he even says that, um, something like, uh, it's done, uh, the seeing is over, make of it uh, what you will. Mm. Do, do you really think that he also has an influence of or a connection with, with Matt? Because she has yeah. magic abilities as well, which we don't know at, at, at this point. I like to think of her as another version of the kind of Welsh archer guy in Swords oh, of Wayland, God. who we don't know anything about. We don't know... Um, where he comes for and does does he say so must it be or does he say her and protectors I can't remember but he says one of those iconic lines and Mab does as well doesn't she say so mote it be rather than so must it be which is a phrase we've heard many times before in the series and I think yeah maybe they tap in to some oh. kind of you know Hearn's spirit of the greenwood or whatever it is they're on the side of light, aren't they? In this battle of light and darkness that's the overarching theme of the whole yeah. entire programme. Mab, Welsh shaman guy, are on the side of light. We know that they're helpers or they solve problems or 
but I think that's... So, so, so there could be something between the Lord of the Trees and the Lady of the Pigs? Yes, I like that. That works for me. <laughs> yeah. She needs to keep her pigs in the forest and he's got a lot of trees. Yeah. So let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, apparently um, the, the vision uh, uh, Robin had um, gives him some inspiration to go up with a plan uh, to save both uh, his father and his friends. He and uh, Nazir uh, visit Mag, so it's it's a clever way, I think, to you know tie her into the story. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have been weird if she would have been left out. Yeah, because she'd have been kind of just the love interest hanging around, not doing very much. But yeah, I mean, she's she, she doesn't do very much, but she knows where uh, Master Cloud lives, right? Yeah, and um, she knows it's him, doesn't she? She must have seen him with the ring. But Meg's helped out in a couple of other episodes before, hasn't she? It's involved. She gets her hands dirty. I quite, I quite like her for that. Yeah. Uh, Robin and Nazir, they go to uh, Cloud. And he is, like you said, he's wearing uh, the ring from the vision. And uh, Robin knows more about it. He says that um, he got that from uh, Lord Edgar. They wake up Clout rather roughly and challenge him about where he's got the ring from. And there's a couple of really, really lovely, I guess these are directorial touches, with the dog. So there's that barking dog and that's when Meg gets involved, doesn't she? She throws the meat for the dog and they keep it quiet. And um, and then they use that to say, you know, because Clout's there, obviously drunk and passed out. And they use that to say, well, this obviously why didn't the dog didn't wake him up because he's drunk and... Because as a viewer, you could be like, well, that dog's been barking for ages. Why didn't he wake up? It would make you, it would could spring you out of the kind of reality of the show. But they're really subtle about explaining that. Um, and I love how Robert, Robert's kind of passion and his desperation all kind of tied up when he bangs on the bed and shouts up at Clout. Um, and where did you get this? He's really fierce. And another occasion I would, you know, put a you know thumbs up for Jason Connery's acting there. About his strength of character that comes through because again you know he, get, he gets a lot of bashing but he's got some really good moments and for me that's um, a really strong occasion then we cut to the next day and the trial of the marys and uh, robin's father meg goes up to john to share some words i think it's very very uh, nice little scene there mm -hmm. um, where john says uh, looks like the wedding's off and meg replies uh, um, would have been anyway wouldn't it john You'll mm. never settle down. You're an outlaw. You always will be. Yeah, which sets us up nicely for series four. There ain't going to be any wedding, and little John's still going to be in Sherwood. It mm. it didn't happen, but it, it set the ground for it, which, yeah, which I like. Yeah, and then the then the execution is about to begin. What's your name, villain? Scarlet. What's yours? <laughs> you filthy wolf's head! That's me. <laughs> I'll tell you lot something, shall I? I'd rather die an outlaw than live as a slave under that maniac's rod. Yeah! His head! His head! My pleasure. Keep still! Set them free, Lord King! Or England will look to your successor. Set the prisoners free! Release the Earl! Do as he says! Look at the arrow, my liege! Do you see the ring? Ask Lord Edgar who he gave it to and why. Well, first of all, I like the moment where um, uh, Will is so so brave, you know, uh, and cheeky as well. And uh, mm -hmm. it's like classic Will Scarlet. I mean, not seemingly not afraid and, uh, you know, getting the crowd behind him with his rough uh, attitude. Yeah, mm -hmm. I really, really love that. It's brilliant. It's kind of on-brand Scarlet. He's ne you're never going to see his weakness or his fear. Um, and he's going to throw it back at you and he's going to go down fighting. He's really fierce. It's brilliant. It's a great scene. Um, I, interestingly, like historically, um, there was no Earl executed in England from 1098 
which was the death of Waltheof right up to Thomas of Lancaster in 1322. It's something that just didn't happen. You didn't, we think we talked about this before, you know, you ransomed valuable people. You couldn't just go around chopping the heads off the nobility because, you know, your family were connected to the nobility as well. Um, so it's a good job it didn't really happen in the show because it would have been massively historically inaccurate. But who cares for family TV? No one really cares. Yeah. Only me, only me. Um, but what's great in this scene is Gisborne literally is watching what Meg's up to. He's kind of leaning in that stairwell thinking, that's Meg of Wickham, that is, talking to little John. They're in a relationship. I wonder what she's saying to him. Hmm, better keep my eye on them. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, this is interesting. So we, we've had several times in this series, Gisborne, like, aha, maybe. Like in The Power of Albion, he was on it, mind like a yeah. trap. And several episodes later, it's gone it to see. It didn't last very long. No, it didn't. It didn't at all. Yeah, and I, I really love uh, the moment with, with uh, um arrow flying through the air into uh, King John's uh, throne and then Robin, uh, Robin uh, standing there uh, telling him uh, to release the prisoner I think that's a really really cool moment of him showing up mm-hmm. and um, we don't know how he got there and personally I don't really care I mean just so cool to just have him standing there and, uh, and just saving the day I mean he doesn't really have that many heroic moments like that I think mm-hmm. I th- yeah he's a different kind of Rob isn't he because mostly he's part of the gang and they do yeah. it together and he kind of lifts other people up and they support each other but uh, whereas Loxley was very much the main man uh, it's a very different dynamic in series three but in this moment he is that what a hero you know yeah. peak Robin Hood and that's that is what you want to see and, and you don't necessarily want to see that every single week in a 13 episode series if he was doing that every single week it would get tiresome so I think there is room for him to occasionally kind of or be a bit more in the background than Loxy was. But in this moment in Rutterkin, yay, save the day. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, well, uh, Nazir is very important as well, but he's more yeah. like, a, uh, like a wingman because he, mm-hmm. uh, he steps forward with, with Cloud and uh, Master Cloud uh, uh, confesses the whole plan uh, right away. And, uh, what a what a weedy swine he is! <laughs> yeah, um, and then uh, the Earl uh, attacks his brother, uh-huh. but Edgar manages uh, to escape on a horse, which is quite an achievement uh, on itself, I think. Mm-hmm. Get, he's, he's a talented from... guy, but the, there's all the parallels going on here, isn't there? So you've got David and Edgar fighting, and Guy and Robert fighting with each other. So yeah. there's two two sets of brothers trying to kill each other. And, you know, one's evil, one's good, one's light, one's darkness. I really like that. I think it's really clever. Um, loads of more undercurrents going on. And I, I don't know if you or anyone else has noticed, but it struck me watching it yesterday. Nobody else on the podium is frightened at all. Nobody else. Everybody else got crap direction because they must have been concentrating on this so much. Because there's, there's three or four women standing on the stage and one of them gives the king a bit of side eye. And then there's another lady stood the other side of the king who looks like she sees this kind of thing going on day in, day out. Because <laughs> she looks bored, witless. And that <laughs> kind of feel like someone should have gone up to her and said, just look terrified, yeah. just look a bit scared. But nobody did. And she was obviously an extra and had never acted before. But she looks dreadful. Her outfit's fantastic. But she looks <laughs> bored, rigid, which is really <laughs> kind of detracts from the moment really because king john's there like oh no arrest you know do what he says do what he says give in it's obviously you know at his wits end and absolutely scared for his life the woman next to him's like it's all right he's going to kill the king I'm not interested <laughs> in me i'm going home in a minute <laughs> it's really funny <laughs> it can't be easy being an extra you know have to stand there yeah. probably all day <laughs> she didn't hear them say action i think <laughs> didn't hear that bit it's what they were rehearsing and they used that cot <laughs> Bless her. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a bit of a like a big chaotic fight. I love the moment where uh, Gisborne snatches the arrow from Robin's bow, and then Robin knocks him out. That's mm-hmm. that's, that's, uh, that's a fun uh, little Good thing in there. Um, yeah. And in in the end, they all get out of the uh, out of the castle, which is also um, pretty impressive. Like you know, uh, first Edgar got away on a horse, and now the entire gang of outlaws. Uh, 
makes their escape. Yeah, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I, I also really, really like uh, the next scene where we see uh, Edgar riding away on his horse through the forest, chased mm -hmm. by, uh, by his brother. And uh, at the same time, Mab is saying a nursery rhyme. Yeah, death finds you now. Yeah, it was it swill for the sow? Death finds you now. But yeah. it's really chilling, isn't it? Yeah, and at that time, Edgar chokes and he gets knocked off his horse by a by a branch. I, th I think mm -hmm. it's quite it's quite well done, that isn't it? It's quite a little bit jumpy. Um, and it, today you'd be able to do it with CGI and. But how they managed to cut that together so it didn't look too clunky, because you could have just had him fall off, but then the Earl would have been kind of accused of all sorts. But because he has this head injury that's clearly, you know, the branch will be covered in blood, won't it? It's, it's pretty clear what happened, and he had an accident. It was an act, looks like an accident, yeah. even though it's been engineered by Mab. Yeah, that's, that's, and I think it's such a great reveal that uh, only at the end we find out that, that Mab actually has magical powers. Of course, now we know it from the start, but you know, when first watching it, um, it feels a bit like the Witch of Elsden, where somebody gets accused of yeah. witchcraft, and then we kind of get our face rubbed, uh, rubbed into it. Like, oh, of course, there's not no real witchcraft. That'd be silly. Yeah, they're kind of waiting for you to cotton on, and then the re the realization is, yeah, you, you, we were right. She was a witch from the very beginning. And, you know, Edgar messed with her and she brought all her powers down on him in the end. She was yeah, never she... really at risk because she never really needed anybody's help. It looks as if she could have got herself out of that prison cell whenever she wanted to. But she played the game and she... Why, why, why was she in a prison cell, by the way? Why wasn't she in the dungeon? Don't know. Perhaps and we the... could have had an, an interesting scene between Rutterkin and uh, Arthur, the rat. <laughs> yeah. maybe, the, maybe the pig would have eaten the rat, though. Um <laughs> They didn't want to risk that. I wouldn't like to wrestle a pig down into a, a prison cell, though, would you? No. And, and, it, and if you kept him with Mab just around the corner, when the guards probably assumed they were going to finish Mab off, they could have had the pig really easily and roasted him and had the pig for dinner. I think yeah. that's probably... Because in Robin Sherwood, any pig that moves soon ends up on a spit. <laughs> They're all eating pig all the time. Never mind no, venison. No, you never see them eat a They're always eating a pig. Yeah. And, and um, what I also love is um, that uh, Map is saying, uh, he didn't remember me, but I knew him. And yeah. it's only uh, then, at the very end of the episode, that we get to, to know just a little bit more of their uh, shared history. Uh, and that we uh, learn that it was uh, Map's husband who was murdered by Edgar. Mm -hmm. We still don't know why, but you know, we know just a little bit more about their personal connection and relationship. Yeah, it's in like you said before. It's probably just enough, isn't it? We because we're never going to meet her again. She wins. You've you kind of form this connection and bond to her because she seems like this simple old woman who's been cruelly treated, and she's she loves her animals. So we we don't need much more buy-in than that. It's it's really really cleverly done, and she yeah. gets her just justice in the end, doesn't she? That's what yeah. matters. Yeah, and she magics uh, the door open. And she just uh, takes Rutterkin and goes home. Mm -hmm. so that's, uh, th th that could have been the end um, of the episode, but it isn't because there's uh, one final scene left. Um, yeah. The interaction between Robin and his father, which mm -hmm. I think is pretty important as well. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, well, you know, he, uh, he thanks Robin uh, for uh, clearing his name. And uh, he tries, well, half-heartedly tries to convince Robin uh, to give up his outlaw life. But um, I, I think he knows that it won't work and, uh, and that he's finally at peace uh, with that as well. Uh, yeah. And so he gives Robin his blessing and takes off. And his uh, final words are, uh, God keep you safe, Robin in the hood. I really respect him for that. You know, he, he's accepting Robert's kind of choice in the end. He doesn't push him. Like you said, he, he kind of, he asks him half-heartedly, sort of just in case Robert was hoping he would say come back. But he knows, he knows, and I think he admires his son for having that conviction and for sticking to, it wasn't just a childhood whim. You know, back in Hearn's son, he accused him of being a boy, doesn't he? And saying, yeah. you know, you're an empty-headed fool or something like that. And now he, he can kind of look back on that and think, no, he wasn't. He meant it. He's stuck to his convictions and he's trying to do the right thing in life. I don't agree with it, but he's following his own path. And 
despite all the trouble it's caused for me I kind of respect my son for doing that I think that's it's a really beautiful moment and there's some there's some great lines here that you know if we had the chance to dig down in them a bit more so that one where he says um he's dead and Robert thinks that David's killed him and then he says oh no I couldn't have killed him not my brother (laughs) and you see Robert go yeah yeah trying to do that's quite hard it's quite a difficult thing to bring yourself to do I've I haven't managed it yet dad um (laughs) And you know other parallels are just dripping in this episode, but they they don't they're not knocking you over the head. They they're just there to be appreciated, really. And they sort of rebond, don't they? Um, yeah. Over this kind of forgiveness and gets his blessing and and it's quite brusque. You know they don't have a big hug or cry or anything like that. It's just enough. It's just enough. Yeah, totally agree. And very 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 believable as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, here, here's a question. Um, how would you like this episode um, as the season finale? Oh, yes, please. Yes, yes, please. Thank you. Can we have that? Because it sets up tons of stuff for what could have happened in season four. So we've had all this unrest against King John at the start of this, earlier in the series, in the betrayal. Um, everyone in Nottingham's kind of cheering the king and clapping him and and by the time we've got to this episode, there's loads of unrest, there's loads of discontent. And um, Robert says to his father, doesn't he, um, join us, curb the king's tyranny. Um, that's all about Magna Carta brewing. It's all about, you know, there is going to be this huge rebellion and who's on which side. So series four could have been that and we could have finished it with this. I would have added a little bit to the end. You'd need the Marys in or, you know, a bit more of a finale moment, but we could easily have jumped from this into season four. What do you yeah. think? Ideally, you would have had um, a bit more a spectacular finale, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. like really, really bringing it to the to the next level. But then again, um, uh, one of the main themes in the whole series, I think, is um, Robert being accepted as Robin Hood, and and the yeah. outlaws have accepted him pretty early on. I mean, mm. pretty much after the Power of Albion, and mm. and then. Uh, you know, close it off with um, his father accepting him, uh, taking on that mantle as well. That, that yeah, would make sense. It, yeah, yeah, he's he's earned really earned it by this stage. He's been through so many trials and challenges, and you know, Marion's. I, I guess you'd have to set up the Marion and him bit in Rotterdam um, if we hadn't known the series was ending and we hadn't. Um, and Judy's truck was going to stick around a bit more. You'd have had to incorporate all that. But, it, you know, if it was going to be, a, you could have made it a two-parter. Time of the Wolf's a two-parter. If you'd made Rotterkin two parts and brought in a bit more of the unrest and you could bring the brother's storyline in here. You know, maybe there's a situation within Rotterkin where Robert's faced with trying to kill Gisborne again. Um, and it's it's a parallel with his father and Edgar battling you know there's there's tons you could have done with it but yeah. oh I, i've got an idea what if marion uh, would have gotten taken hostage <laughs> with somebody there's the obvious solution there <laughs> which we don't want we want something no, a bit just, cleverer just messing with it. um <laughs> uh, yeah no I, I i agree and i i think even if we had like a final shot where uh, you know john um goes up to the other guys and you know they wouldn't even have to say a word, but you know, we get a visual of now the whole band is back together and, and oh, it's putting his arms around Will and Much and yeah, walking back. I, th- the I tree. think it yeah. could have worked. I mean, just um... the message of that acceptance would have been a really, really nice end to it, actually. Yeah, I think so too. So, I think uh, all we have to do now is uh, rate uh, this uh, episode. You want to go first, or uh, you want me to start? Yeah, um, you go first for change. Okay. Well, I th- I think um, together with the greatest enemy, this is the very best single episode they've ever done. <gasps> wow. You know what? I'm gonna go for a five <gasps> episode. Yeah. I mean, I think that the double parters there are, um, you know, they're uh, they're a level of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, the Greatest Enemy is as well, and I think yeah, I, I can't think of any single episode that's better than uh, than this one. So, uh, wow. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a five. High, high praise, high praise. It's not quite up to that level for me. It's not. It doesn't. Um, top of the tree for me is Her and Son because it's just perfection. Yeah, and, and I agree. I but say... that, 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 like I said, that's a double one. Oh, so we're discounting doubles. Oh, right. Yeah, dis- discounting doubles. Mm. I mean, I, oh, well, yeah, I meant like the best single. Didn't say it. so, just so, right. 
So you're trying to tell me that the betrayal isn't better than the rotting than Rotkin? I'm joking. No, I'm it's joking. not. I'm totally no. joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, it's really. Um, I think. Yeah, I still think it, it's definitely one of the very best, and I would definitely rate it higher than some big fan favourites like things like um, Seven Poor Nights, which I know it seems to be the one that gets talked about the most and people absolutely love. Which is it's great, but I don't think it's got the depth and the character um, moments. So for me, it's definitely one of the very best of season three. So I'm going to give it a four because I've saved my fives for the doubles. So it can't be a five on that on that merit. So but definitely a very, very big four. So that's a that's a great score. So that's uh, that's it for this time. I want to thank you, Steph, for uh, for joining me uh, once again on the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure. I love talking about it. It's, it's a real treat. Thanks ever so much. And I also want to thank uh, Bram Brouwers for playing our theme music. And if you as a listener want to join our conversation about Robert Sherwood, uh, you can look us up on Facebook or send an email to sherwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Um, next up will be Time of the Wolf. Uh, till then, uh, thank you for listening and may Hearn protect you. have ended it with uh, uh, it is done the seeing is over make of it what you will <laughs> that would be <laughs>